drops. Morpheus is fighting Neo. Hello and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I am and can only be your co-host, Jesse Kester. Swinky, you're looking left and right, hither and yon. Yeah, so did you hear that voice? I did. And oh my goodness. Should we skip over us and get right to that voice? Yes, get right to that, that voice. That voice, those dulcet tones that you are already Ooh. hearing belong to the one, the only, and the very, very illustrious... Hannibal. Hannibal, welcome to the party, man. Thank you. I don't know if I'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. You gonna make me do this? I'll do this. Go ahead. Yes. Do Hannibal is is a, a magician, a respected magician on the circuit. He is a raconteur. If I can, I, <laughs> uh, can I? Yeah, you can totally do that. Okay. Okay. So when you say that, when you question the word illustrious, hmm. I'd say just go look this guy up on YouTube and and um, and we'll, we can get into it. We yeah. Can, Opinions vary. <laughs> There's no debate. Uh, so yeah, that basically introduces what we're going to get into today. You're your uh, guest in our magic mini series. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to know you a little bit better, and I got a lot of questions. I really like okay. the work you do. You do. Really happy. Thank you. Thank you. She, mm-hmm. she was there when when the yes came in. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very quite, good. Thank you for quite coming. Proud. Um, we're going to get into all of that. Oh, uh, Swinky is the co-host. My name is Jesse. I blah, 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 blah. You all know what you're here for. Uh, there's really no reason to do that, Yeah, is there? Just, just get to the point. Okay. We're just going to interview our esteemed guest, Mr. Hannibal. Our illustrious. Anyway, we'll get into all of that in a moment. What we're mm-hmm. going to do, what we love to do at the top of the show is something we call five and five. Yes. Where I'm going to ask you five questions. You'll have one minute to answer each question. It's kind of how we like bang through <coughs> the, okay. you know, the... I don't want to call them the most boring questions of the interview, but, you know, the kind of stock standard, the getting to know you, getting to know all about you mm-hmm. stuff. Not wonderful. So, yeah. Okay. So we can get it done efficiently. Um, and you will have little beeps that let you know that your time is almost up. Those are to help you, not to okay. hurt you. Gotcha. And they sound like this. That's a little loud. We'll turn that down. Yep, you. Question number one, where did you grow up and how did that inform your adulthood? I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was born and raised there. I was raised with a deep Southern heritage of politeness and uh, an affinity for the arts, which is kind of like they side-eyed them for a while while they encouraged you to be something else like a lawyer or a, mm-hmm. or, or something respectable. Mm-hmm. Uh, work in a cubicle was, was my rearing. So I didn't actually become a working I didn't, I didn't even pick up magic till I was 26. Oh. What happened at, at 26 that? Poverty. Ah. I was working. <laughs> the mother of invention. Indeed. <laughs> I was working for um, a family resort. I was writing uh, scripts and I was writing puppeteering and things like this for a family resort and family uh, groups mm-hmm. and music and all the other things. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I wrote was, one of the characters that I wrote was a, a street magician, street performer. Mm-hmm. And that job ended. I'm pausing it so you can, or do you want to? Do you want to follow the rules, or do you want to? No, I, I want to hear the rest of it. That job ended. I, 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 I didn't think I was I was being uh, lofty when I said raconteur. Like it's very rare that we stop five and five to yeah. hear the end of the story. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but you want to hear the end of the yeah, story? Yeah, no, you yes. got you're up to sit. Do it. So the the resort closed. Like like the, we showed up for work and the gates were locked closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, never got the last paycheck. Never, there wasn't, well, there was an explanation, but it wasn't uh, because of the job I was doing. Mm. So I, while I was looking for other work, I mm. said, well, I learned a couple of magic tricks to be this character. I wonder if I could actually be a street magician mm. and earn a few dollars while I'm looking for other work. Mm. And I was really good at it. Wow. It just turned out I was just really good at it. So I never got another job. 
And the resort I was working for was Heritage USA, which was Jim and Tammy Baker's uh, televangelism the mm. uh, worldwide. So I was writing some of their scripts and things like this. And that wow. when it when it closed, when all mm. the scandal and everything happened, mm-hmm. I was left without anything, yeah. and became a magician. What were those? Wait, wait there was five and five. You tricked me. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. You right. did. Wow. No, we're gonna get back. to Yeah, that we're gonna later. come back to that for sure. Make sure you do. We're beeping again. Question number two, what is the must-engage media, the book, the album, the TV show that opened up your brain to the very secrets of the universe? Watership Down. Wow, the movie yeah. or the book? The book. Okay. The book long before the movie. Okay. Um, when it first came out, my Uncle Angus uh, read a copy and immediately gave it to me. I couldn't have been more than 11 or 12 years old. And the I'm sure you, you know the basic story of the, the traveler and the looking for home and the looking for uh, purpose and meaning in life um, and also to get laid, mm-hmm. uh, which is a big <laughs> thing about the book. But the, the underlying current of it is, is that storytelling is the main component of what society, holds society together. Mm-hmm. And without good storytelling and without good uh, encouragement of the, of the arc of the story, um, society falls apart or becomes uh, nasty things. Perfectly timed answer. Thank you. Even with that dramatic little breath at the end before the beeping happened. <laughs> Banging through these. Wow. Question number three. Uh, what What is the greatest source of joy in your life? Performing. Being on stage. Being in front of people. Um, pouring out everything that I have inside of me out into whatever reception it gets. Mm. That's it. That's the number one thing. Okay, what's number two? <laughs> well, no, okay. what, there he's like no. thin and to This the woman point, who just landed in Houston. And she's all well? And, and she's all well, yes. Excellent, Aww. excellent. Glad we got a uh, wrap-up on that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. When you first started performing, was it was it that, or did you have to get over some of the some of the nerves or the intention tremors? Was it always? I've been on stage since I was six. My mother put me in a dance class when I was five years old. Uh, we had our first recital about the time of my sixth birthday, mm-hmm. and I have never gotten off the stage. I didn't always make a living at it, yeah. but I've always been involved in performance of some kind. Yeah. It's just always been in you. Yes. Wow. All right. Coming up on question four. Getting more bang for the buck. <laughs> what gets under <laughs> your skin? <laughs> what gets under my skin? Yeah. Oh, man. So many. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't have a straightforward answer to that. Um um, people trying to be something they aren't mm. and, and, and putting on a, you know, you know what? Mediocrity is, is the, is the stone floor answer of that is just, um, settling, saying this is good enough. Mm. Um, and not in a particularly motivated kind of a way or, or trying to reach for anything specific like money or fame or any of the other things, but just, just presenting mediocrity as quality that bugs the hell out of me. I'm going to, uh, in a bit, I'll disagree with you respectfully. Okay. Um, it's just a different framing that we use in our house about. Oh, I uh, think sweetie. I know where you're going Yeah, with she that. knows where she goes. Yeah. Okay. This, mm-hmm. this was a big day in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's centered around mediocrity. Oh, I'm, I'm open to. And the celebration thereof. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're coming up on the last question. Yes. Okay. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? And what advice would you like to put out into the world from your own brain? I once asked a mentor what the secret to being successful as an artist was, as a performing artist was. And his advice to me was, have a kick-ass show. 
And I said, okay. He said, everything else comes from that. Yeah. Do what you do. Love what you do. Make it the best you can put out from yourself. Have a kick-ass show and everything else is done. As far as what I would put out into the world, you can demand your own way. You can uh, insist that your opinions and views are the correct ones. You can flex your muscles and, and, and say this is my way and the way it is, or you could love. Swanky, what do you have to say about that? I, I, I think you just short-circuited your brain. Yeah. <laughs> I saw everything stop at <laughs> once inside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, it's a choice. Love is a choice. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a verb. I like that. Oh, wow. All right. I think we're good on oh, five and five. Yeah, Can we slow things down and kind of dig sure. into these? I feel, like, I feel like we've got a we got the the surface I, scratched a little. Swinky's ready to go. I She's feel like off. you. No, it's just a, a comment, an observation. I think you spend a lot of time just formulating your thoughts, and when it comes to the time to say them and lay them out, I think you're. I, it's, it sounds like you're just always ready, always prepared, because you're in your brain. I'm in my brain a lot. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I reside there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's one of the, like, superpowers I didn't know about mm. until later in life. Like, I grew up and feel always fairly comfortable waking up in my skin and waking up with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize until much, much later in life that not everybody shares that experience. A lot of people seem to be fighting with their inside. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, uh, it, you know, it's invisible. If you grow up very comfortable, it's invisible that being, that being discomfortable might be a, a common experience, a regular experience for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. There are people that, that get comfort from that too. Mm. That's yeah. <laughs> That's frightening and true. <laughs> and just, yeah. They, they, they found the pain they want there. They want to live in. Everything you say is so terminal. <laughs> I do card tricks for a living. Yeah, yeah, wow. Okay, so tell us about that. Let's, well, no, I want to disagree with you. Can I can, can we get antagonistic? Okay, okay, okay. okay. Media, media sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the thing was, it's not even, I don't even disagree with what you said. No, Settling for mediocrity is not what I'm talking about. And then but, presenting it as quality shame, for yeah, shame. for shame. Yeah. Um, the thing was, Swinky is a, Swinky's a singer. And I do filmmaking, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of a lot of uh, prep work. You know, they they call it the ten thousand hours that you have to get in, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Sure. To reach a point where both Swinky and I knew that we could go out, and whatever happened on set, we would be mediocre. That that there was no disaster that could befall us that would pull us down below that level of mediocrity. That we could consistently deliver mediocre or better. And that was a okay. huge, I feel like that's a huge milestone in any artistic career is when you're, when you're able to be consistently mediocre. Cause that's, that's when you move from, and it, this is metaphorical, not literal. That's when you move from, uh, like from wondering if you're going to make a profit to actually consistently making a profit with your business. When you're, okay. th- does that make sense? Does that framing yeah. track? But you th- just verified what I said. That, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't settle there. You're not settling there. No, yeah, no. <laughs> and your levels of, of what you consider, what you consider mediocrity, rise as yeah. you continue to perform and mm-hmm. and, and and create and mm-hmm. put up put forth from your heart. Mm-hmm. You you know you know you don't go below your floor. You don't you say I have built a floor and I am done. Mm. No 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 no. That's no. what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. That's the settling for mediocrity. Yeah no no no. We don't do that. But I do I do sincerely believe that that a lot of artists, a lot of creators, 
a lot of thinkers, uh, skip that celebration of baseline mediocrity. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's a huge, huge milestone in any career when when you right. when you hit that. Mm. But it's one thing to celebrate that, yeah. and it's another thing to settle for it after celebrating. See, yeah. one of the other things I would I would say is that when you um, when you fail, when you hit a, a, a an obstacle and you cannot get over it, for now mm. you you have the right to mourn, you have the right to grieve, you have the right to cry about it, and then you get over yourself. And you move forward mm. and you keep going from where you're at. Mm-hmm. When you succeed, you are allowed to celebrate and you're allowed to party and you're allowed to thump your chest. And then you get over yourself and you, you keep moving yeah. and you move forward. Yeah. Right. It's it's a settling is, is becoming yeah. stagnant, I guess. Oh, yeah. Mm. No, no. That's forbidden in this mm. house. Yeah. In, in every sense. And there's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no good enough. <laughs> no. No. One of the biggest things I hear, one of the, that gets under my skin mm. from that point was when. There's something that is clearly missing from someone's performance, or clearly not good. It's in there, and, and the response that I get back from that as well, it plays. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. people, you know, it plays. It's, <laughs> it's, it's good enough. People, it plays. It, you know. That's not no. No. You're, you're gonna lower the standard. For never everybody. lower the standard. Yeah. yeah. I never do that. <laughs> so you're you're 26. Did you say or 27 when 26. you started? 26 when I first started magic. Had you been doing it before? I mean, had you no, been playing had not cards even picked at it all? Up. Nope. Nope. Never no picked it up. Shuffle and deal and manipulate nothing. Nope. Nothing. So what? What was that first? What were the first tricks? Those are. Oh boy, I I went to the public library and checked out a book on card tricks mm-hmm. and learned. Um, three that I incorporated into the show. Um, I, I, if I told you the names, it wouldn't make any sense to you. Mm. Uh, Gemini twins, um, a, a version of the three card Monty, like a like a swindle, and a, uh, a, a trick involving a cup and a ball. Just a single cup and a ball. So it's not the three cups or the three. I never worked with three cups. I've worked with one and I've worked with two, but. Three gets too complicated. So what is it about that third cup that... It's unnecessary. (laughs) It is is there as a crutch for the weak. Shots fired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just saying. Just do... Oh, okay. Are you familiar with all these terms? I'm not not familiar with the Gemini, but the three-card Monty is pretty... Mm. Pretty, pretty cool. standard, Common. sure. Oh. Yeah. But again, like the, the, the there's the three card Monty is the mm-hmm. name, but there are a million variations of yes. how it presents and how the techniques can be done. And depends on the magician. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and their approach. Right. Ah. Well, why do you reckon the deck of cards is such the thing? Like, there's a billion objects that fit in in the hand, <laughs> but that ended up just being the thing that everyone goes to in magic. It is ancient. It is mysterious. It can be interpreted. Interpreted. It can be interpreted in a hundred different ways from each individual performer. It can mean different things to different people. It is used to tell fortunes. It is used to take fortunes away. It's. It is a. It is a dark and mysterious tool. <laughs> depending on how you on, on how you look at it never have described and it seems a very very simple mm. thing it's a stack of paper it's mm. a collection of nothing mm. but it's it's a very very powerful tool when interpreted by the right artist 
You spend, Swinky's right, you spend a lot of time thinking <laughs> and looking and thinking and looking and thinking. Yeah. yeah. Has that ever been a, a, a problem? Well, let me put it this way. Not a challenge, a problem to the people around you. Do they feel, how, how is it? How, tell Are you us talking about audience up. or family? Yeah, let, family, let's go back, yeah, let's go back to Charlotte. It. For you, an audience, it's, it's, I, f- it's entertaining. I think yeah. uh, it's, you were always a version of this. Uh, Even as a much, child, pretty much, I've been <laughs> yeah. this guy forever. I mean, you know, I, I, there's growth and there's there's of evolution. Course, of course. But mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've been I've had this view of life since as uh, long as I can remember. But yeah, if eight year old you were to run in the door, we wouldn't be like, "Whoa!" You wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, by who I was, no. <laughs> no, I just imagined <laughs> an eight year old running through the door. <laughs> Little eight year old Hannibal running yes, through the door. Yes, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't be surprised. You'd probably yeah. be wearing a Robin Hood costume. Oh, really? Pretty and much, save yeah. The world, steal from the rich. No, not really. Just because it was fun. Why? Why Robin? He had a cool uh, outfit. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Pretty right. much. I mean, that if it comes down to it, yeah. And that's it. an eight-year-old. Yeah, they had this. Yeah. So you were a normal kid. You were just mm-hmm. not really. <laughs> not really. Tell us, we're trying to get to know you because you're the, you the one and only Hannibal. What was it like growing up? Did you have siblings? Did you try? You did. You weren't doing magic at the time. What did you yeah. do with your siblings? What was it like growing up in Charlotte? Boy, that's there's a whole bunch right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a sister mm-hmm. who is five years younger than me. Mm. Uh, both of us were adopted. Um, we did not. We were not very close as children. Mm-hmm. Did you know growing up that you were adopted, or was that the big oh no? Yeah, they told 16. me. They told okay. I, as long as I could remember. They 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 let me know mm. that um, the whole process, that, mm. what they went through, and um, it turned out that my mother could not have children, and so mm. they immediately said, "This is mid sixties." Yeah. Mm. So they looked into the into the options mm-hmm. and. Um, found adoption was their their best bet and what they were looking forward to. Mm. Uh, I was. Um, How uh, old were you? Were you weeks? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was born in July. I was adopted in early September of 1965. Mm. Um, I was born. <laughs> um, there was a boy born at the hands of a holy woman in a holy place. I was born in a convent oh. uh, to a 16 uh, year old unwed mother. Oh. who never saw me mm. um, and was never told what happened to me. Oh. But was she in the convent or did her parents take her there? Her parents because took her the there. That was the place time. to do because mid-60s and, and <clears throat> mid uh, middle of Virginia. Is mm. The best best I know is where they lived. They lived in a very rural county and um, she was spirited away and mm. then brought back and mm. apparently lived life. Normally, after that, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Do you commune with God? I mean, not that I assume that everyone who's born in a convent <laughs> has a conversation with the holy, but... We have an understanding. <laughs> <laughs> no, we worked one out, too. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 17 years old. We, we yeah, you came to this. something to like peace. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's... that's- Fascinating. I've only ever heard of those kids that were yeah. spirited away. I've never my parents mm. were, my adopted parents, who mm. I've only always known as my real parents, mm. were upper middle class, ambitious, self-absorbed, mm. um, 
conservative people. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask. If yeah, Charlotte oh, yeah. is the place to be right. for that. We, I grew up in the suburbs. My dad was uh, an electrical engineer and an architect, mm-hmm. and um, very straight line thinker. And so he he did what he did. He he, he provided for his family. He built mm-hmm. things. He, mm-hmm. he laid a lot of the infrastructure of of Charlotte for the oh. electrical things there. Mm-hmm. There's a theme park called Carowinds, which is just outside of Charlotte that he designed the electrical grid for. Um, he built several malls. He designed several high profile things. Mm-hmm. So upper middle class, and he spent his weekends playing golf. And my mother was a stay at home mother who occasionally worked as a secretary just to keep from being bored. Mm-hmm. And that was my childhood. Yeah. Are they still alive? No. They okay. both died uh, too early. Okay. I'm mm. sorry. It's okay. You didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm st- I mean, I'm sorry for... <laughs> no, it's all right. It's, I, I talk about it a lot. <laughs> I write about ignorance. it a lot. Yeah, you do? Mm-hmm. Well, where do you write? Where? Well, I have an online like blog writing. that mm. I that I write. And I write for, I write for Genie Magazine, which is mm. the uh, premier magician's magazine for the entire world. I write a column for them. Mm. And then, uh, and then I write a lot for myself that sometimes gets published and sometimes doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what's the name of your blog? So, so that if people want to check it out later, they can. The truth is. The truth the is. The truth is. Nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. And so are you in touch with your sister at all? No. No. Okay. No. She mm. stopped talking to me. <laughs> How much of the story is mine to tell? She stopped yeah, talking to yeah. me when I put mm-hmm. her husband in prison. No, you cannot do you that. You are just a fountain. I wasn't the only one. I wasn't the only one. I there was a there was a trial, and mm. I I backed her side, mm. and he went away. And mm. when he went away, she stopped talking to me. Well, but she was the one that asked for your support. She didn't ask. Oh, okay. um, um, there was a messy thing that happened and he was at fault mm. and they asked me about his character and I told them the truth. Mm. A lot of people told them the truth, mm-hmm. but she did not appreciate it and she has broken all ties with me. Oh, do you think one day you're going to try and mend? I've tried. Oh. I've, I've tried very hard and she's not open to anything. And it's been 20 years. Oh, that's a long time. It is. Is oh, he gosh. still away or? He, no, he's, uh, he's uh, free now. He, okay. stay, he was in prison for 13 years, 13 or 15 years and um, paid his debt and is now somewhere else. Yeah. You could write a book. I think, I think he's he does. He writes, writing, mm. yeah, but he's writing a blog. He's writing a blog, not a book. Yeah, I'm not right. I have, uh, yeah, I've, I have a book published of stories, mm. but uh, of, of actually stories of from just being a traveling magician. What's the name of your book? The name of my book is Across the Table. Across the Table, nice mm. by Hannibal. By Hannibal. Do you always go by just a monomer, just one name? Uh, I published it under my first name too, so Christopher mm. Hannibal. It's oh. on Amazon. It's everywhere. You find it's on there. It's on Kindle. You can find all those things. Yeah. Mm. But across the table, because everything, all the work that I do is mm. generally across one kind of a table or right another. or other. Mm-hmm. I when, like oh. no. I've got the uh, there's a, uh, a Jack White song called Carolina Drama. <laughs> and I love that song because it introduced <laughs> me to the pairing of words Carolina Drama. But you cannot live in Carolina. Without a little bit of Carolina, <laughs> everybody gets a story. If you're there for a year this or more, true. guaranteed you're going to have at least wow. one Carolina drama story like that. I would love to visit 
Any it's a beautiful effort. state. It's, yeah, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be gorgeous. there in like four weeks. Really? Oh, yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. When? We're going for Christmas. We're doing a road trip. Oh, awesome! My dad. I, I went to school in Winston Salem, and my dad and my aunt live in Asheville. So oh, okay. I have an mm. excuse to swing by there. Asheville's gorgeous. Once, mm. oh, it's so good. It's oh, yeah. so so good up there. Oh gosh, Swinky has no idea. This one just I'm moved gonna... to America, like yeah. Uh, Three months. Three months ago. So mm-hmm. she doesn't. She has Welcome. no idea what she's in Thank for. You. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm really excited. Even when we just take little road trips out of California. Yeah, like we sure. went to the Grand Canyon. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited to show her the rest of the country. Oh, that's wonderful. Really? Are you going to drive there? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That oh, little perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've, d- I've done cross-country Pennsylvania to L.A., then L.A. to Pennsylvania, then Pennsylvania back to L.A. And that we've done the... I've done it three times. She hasn't done it once Not yet. even once. I would love so. to. That was my favorite I love the countryside. Holiday. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's where you get to meet just regular Americans, right. you know? See, I drove here mm-hmm. from, I packed up everything mm-hmm. that I owned mm-hmm. to move here mm-hmm. in uh, February of 2018. And I drove all the way across the country and, and yeah. very slowly. Oh, so. that's the way to go. We yeah. booked it through uh, through Texas. You can drive for <laughs> two days book it straight. Texas. 80 miles an hour, both days. I will never, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I went through the top of Texas, the little uh-huh. slices. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. And I still had awful drama. I was like, <laughs> what? I have, I said, like, so there was a route that went through the main part of it. And I said, I, I've never had a good experience in Texas ever, 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 ever. <laughs> no, no. Oh, poor Texas. I have What's never, I have there? never, uh, if I, without fail, mm-hmm. any <laughs> flight that I've had that has linked through Texas, if I land in Texas, go somewhere else, mm. I'm delayed by at least a day. Mm-hmm. The plane breaks down, or there's fog somewhere where I'm supposed to be going. Mm. It's it turns into an overnight thing, at least. Oh, it's never man. been good. What is it with Texas? And when you're heading west, this mm-hmm. is just advice. If you, if you're in the middle heading west, or you're coming into Texas heading east, mm. do not go below half a tank of gas ever. ever. Don't even think that you'll find another. Like, right. Fill it up it, when you get yes, to half. Yes, because there's just no. No. You will go a hundred, two hundred, three hundred miles without before seeing anything. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, it's a, it's a wild state. And I maintain they could secede from the union anytime they want it. They've got the money. They've got the land for it. They could be out tomorrow if they if they call and, it. And they know this, right? They'd be fine. <laughs> and no one would ever go there again. Right, right. What? Oh, now I really want to go, but only to the safe places. Yes. There which are, are no such things. There are no yeah. such things. <laughs> There's that little block that at the little, top that you could get through in a couple of hours. And I, <laughs> and I still had a gun pulled on me. As, what do you do? Are you starting shit? No, no, no. I, <laughs> I, do you want that story? Yes, just a little. Give us, give us the flavor. <laughs> so I was, I planned out that I would not be in Texas long. I said I will power through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will not sleep there. Yeah. Um, and I got down to. I was like, oh, I'm low on gas. So mm. pulled up. Where's the nearest gas station? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was less than a mile away. So I pulled mm. up the hill. Now I'm in a in a, a rental truck, sixteen foot budget rental truck, uh-huh. pulling my car behind it on a trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, got up to the top, capped off the tank, chatted with the woman behind the desk for a while, and the truck wouldn't start. Starter had just gone, just done. Uh, she came out and she's like, "I need you to move the truck away from. We only have the one gas pump, and if you're, you know, I said, I can't. It won't move. It's not moving. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she's like, uh, "You have to." I said, "I, I really can't." She said, and she, can you push it? It's a 16-foot truck loaded with everything that I own in my car. No, I can't push it. I cannot push it. No. So she got upset, and she went back inside, and I called budget and get all get all this, you know, there's a mechanic coming and all this other. Yeah. And an 80-year-old man dressed up as a cowboy 
came out and he's like, you have to move your truck. You're upsetting the, you're upsetting the lady who's running this place. And I said, I, I can't. Mm. He said, I'm going to get a chain, put it at the back of my pickup, and we're going to drag it away from the pumps. And I mm. said, we are not mm. going to do that because budget's on their way and they'll take care of it. Yeah. He said, you're blocking the pumps. I said, there's another side. Mm. And there's not a line. There's nobody else here. Yeah. And he pushed back his, his, uh, his jacket, put his hand on his gun and said, you're going to move. And I said, I'm not. Uh, and sir? just at that moment, the mechanic pulled up and mm. it was it, then it was done. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, it, it was not nice. So you want to go to Texas first or? No, oh, I'm having a lot of second, third, fourth thoughts. What? Yep. <laughs> You're not Superman. What, no. what were they expecting? What's I, going on? I don't know. It's Texas. On? It's Texas. It's a different country. It's a whole new world. It, yeah. is, a, it is a different country. It's yep. a country. Yeah, As, yeah. yeah, and I keep saying this. America, you say you say states, uh-uh, those are countries. They are just federations of mm -hmm. their own. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With their own rules and everyone, people are different there. What? Texas? But in Houston, people are different, right? The small, the bigger towns. Houston, no, not really. You're looking at me like, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I wish that that look There's... could make it into audio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's. They have their own way of thinking, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and I apparently fall outside of that way. Yeah, yeah. Why? I guess, mm -hmm. no, 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 I got, I got questions. I'm just cutting you off. Yeah, fine. Sorry. Yeah. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's uh, so, so you were 27, 26, 27 when you started doing the magic. Yes. Uh, then you come out to LA. Like you've been, you've been on the scene for quite a bit longer, I think, than than 2018 when you moved out here with the. Yeah, no, I've I've worked for the castle since 2010. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they brought me out uh, two or three times a year to mm. perform, mm -hmm. uh, and then eventually, when my entire life fell apart a couple of years ago. Mm. Uh, looking for another place to go. I can't imagine go. there's a story behind that, so I'm not uh, going to ask sure. for any more details. No, I, I'll <laughs> ask. <laughs> they, they, I was looking at different cities and different places to go, and the Academy of Magical Arts, without making an official offer, said, you could be happy here, and there's there's things we could do for you. Oh. So, And then I had friends that had a space available, so mm. here's where I came. All right. So how how'd you get settled? Uh, well, I, Lily, I mean, Lily your, bunched up. Your uh, reputation precedes you, doesn't right, it? Yeah. Like you've kind of got a leg up on the yeah, competition because I mean, you got uh, a time. I've worked and really talent. hard to. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. To build that reputation. To build, you yeah. know, just to just to be who I am, mm -hmm. and um, and so there were places that were welcoming that were like, you could definitely do some things here, um, and then. Uh, Lily von Stupp and Eddie Madrano mm -hmm. said, "We have a, we have an empty room in our house. If you'd like, you can you can stay here." Mm. Uh, so I had a place to be, and I had a uh, you know the, the Magic Castle is like the epicenter yeah, of performance yeah. conjuring right. for the whole world. So it's like mm. if if they're interested, okay, you might as well sniff it out. At I'll, least. I'll go there. Yeah, I'll mm. see what happens. It's, mm. It certainly seems like a good bet. Mm. So I ended up here. And when uh, do you do you settle? Is what you do mostly parlor, or how would you? It's it's close up parlor, and most of what I do falls into like corporate parties or corporate events, or you know, entertaining groups of sixty to a hundred people in a mm. in a formal setting. Mm -hmm. That's that's mainly it. I mean, and then that falls into what I do with the castle mm. uh, via close up work and via parlor work. And how'd you how'd you land on that? Was that organic or like? I didn't have you tried? want to do Grand Illusion. It just seemed fake. Not your thing. Mm. It seemed mediocre. Oh, Zing. <laughs> shots fired! If the box is doing all the work, why are you on stage? Yeah, 
Let the box do the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo! I don't know much about music. I'm uh, not music. Um, magic. So whenever I see it, the first thing that comes through my mind is, "Wait, what? How well, did this, they do this that?" This poor one is like a baby when. Oh sure. sure. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I didn't grow up watching magic or anything. So, mm-hmm. so when I see it, I really am intrigued. Sure. Yeah, there was one trick we saw uh, was on the Penn and Teller show. On the one Penn with and fish. Show. Yes. Oh, yeah, Teller, fish. where he mm-hmm. produces coin after coin Silver after coin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. It's a beautiful piece of work. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's that's good, right? Oh yeah, that's you very say, good. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Good. <laughs> but the box isn't doing all the work. Oh. No, oh. no, 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 no. The whole performance happens before that final gag. Yeah. Oh, that, really? The like the the dance is, is leading up to that. I have no idea. Just I just saw coins turning into fish and. Right. What is he doing? What's going on? And I think that's that's what the magicians are going for. And yeah. it gives them Teller's an artist. Mm. Yeah. You know, he's he's a magician, yeah, but he's a, he's an artist with what he does. Mm. Telling stories. Now, mm-hmm. I want to go back to Okay, so when you landed here, you had a sort of a, a a soft pad. A support group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You weren't falling flat on your face and right. coming, you know, knocking on doors or anything. So that's good. And because you worked for it. But what do you mean your life fell apart? What happened? <clears throat> What's the story? <laughs> you knew that was coming. <laughs> Don't play coy. <laughs> my, my wife basically came to me over a series of conversations, mm-hmm. um, letting me know that she was not happy as a performer's wife. Mm. And gave me the choice of continuing to be a husband mm. or being a performer. Was it like the too much time on the road kind of thing? No, no. Because uh, I didn't spend too much time on the road. I purposefully mm-hmm. built the corporate work and the things that I did so that mm-hmm. I could be at home more often. Mm-hmm. Rather than touring, instead of doing comedy clubs, which I walked away from in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, I, I committed to being at home with my children mm-hmm. and doing aiming for a higher dollar performance fee mm-hmm. for the, with the, not to be, you know, not to call that successful, but for mm. the purpose of I'd work less mm. and be at home more. Mm-hmm. So what was it like the, you're always on thing or like, what you, about the performer is she, mm, there's so, there's so many things to unpack about things she didn't like. Mm. <laughs> she thought, well, I mean, it, it boiled down to conversations on why do you have female friends on Facebook? You, you Do you see how some of the women in the audience are looking at you? And what, what are you going to do about it? And uh, I went through your email and I found love letters from, from strangers. And I said, did, did, did I reply to any of them? Well, no, but you're getting them. And you're not, okay. you're not, you're not dissuading them. And I'm like, I, I can't. You can't engage them. Like, mm. I can't engage them. You don't engage them yeah. because now you have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. And I can't preemptively just write someone and go, don't write me. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. These yeah. things happen. You're, I've mm. got a face and people, there's certain. She didn't understand any of that. Mm. And it really came down. And, and and all the kids had grown up and they were out on their own, own doing their own thing. And, mm. like, and she just moved out or like completely. I mean, I got, she gave me a list of people who were not allowed to come to my show. I, I would in Charlotte. In hilarious. Charlotte, I was like, I, I, had, I would throw a monthly mm. show. I, I would rent out a space uh, in a cabaret house, and I would do a pay what you can afford or pay what you want show, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so anybody could come and see the show. Mm. Just and I would feature local artists as openers and get people stage time and some other things. And she came to me and was like, "These, you need to say that these people can't come to your show anymore because 
they will after the show you don't you don't retreat to the dressing room you talk to people right these people talk to you and don't come and talk to me they're not treating you as a married man uh, and you yeah. need you need to enforce that or tell them they can't come that's that that was an actual that's conversation semi fair is it semi semi i'm not uh, i'm not saying that any any uh that you you calling it a you know calling it on that was wrong but well, I don't know. Let's back up a little bit. May I? Oh, yeah, sure. Wait, what's back on your up. mind? No, I'm, I'm, I understand why, if, as a performer, that would be a little bit of a, a, an excessive ask. You know, well, controlling yeah. your your audience, your fan base. I mean, this is your this is your space. This is your this is where your income comes from. And it's not like you're engaging them. I mean, it's not like he was engaging them. Mm-hmm. He was just. I stayed on stage and let them come yeah. if they want to come and talk to me or ask questions or make yeah. statements or whatever they want to take pictures. Which is what you do when you're a performer and people want to, they want to give you feedback or right. be in touch with said, the but, magic. But I'm sitting right over here, she says, mm-hmm. and they're not coming over to talk to me. They know I'm your wife. Why aren't they coming over to talk to me? And I'm like, I, you weren't on stage? Mm. <laughs> yeah, why would they say That's that the thing, Swinky. Like when you were performing in Tokyo, there's mm-hmm. a certain like veneer of of... Not availability, but kind of right. like a flirt going on when you're when you're doing the lounge acts and stuff. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And if I had said like, as as your partner, that's not sustainable. I can't, like I I just can't. I I don't have the bandwidth to mm. to work to to be in that kind of a relationship. That would have to be fair for you, for me, for me, for not, me, not for, you. for not for us performer. as a couple right. or for you as a performer. Yeah, but it would have to be fair for me. And the same way that, like, I, I do a lot of um, shoots where people end up without clothing on. And I have, like, yeah. <laughs> you have never been like, you can't. I don't care. You're working. But, but that's, like, it goes back. There's, it, I think about this a lot. A lot of people say, like, ah, two creatives in a relationship. That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I disagree sure. because there are some things that are much, much, much easier. Like, I know that when you go out to perform mm. and you're not presenting as available mm. but you're also not making any effort to destroy that yeah i don't it's not the first thing i'm yeah, yeah, married you don't no no, not, no 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 you're not don't, you're not fighting that impression but you're not diving into it and no. there's a line it's a that issue it's it's a non-issue because as yeah. as another person who's working in arts all the time there's a certain amount of naked women that i end up around yeah. and like you have to be Knowing that I'm not like, woo, naked women. It's like, okay, yeah, I don't even think job. about it. You yeah. either trust me or you don't. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and she didn't. Mm. And so we uh, we split up. And mm. she told the children that I abandoned them and abandoned her. Mm. And that I was having an affair, which I wasn't. Mm. And a whole list of other things um, to pull my character down. Do the kids uh. talk to you or did no. they? Okay. Ay, ay, ay. Well... That's not cool. My oldest daughter and I have mm-hmm. a conversation. We, mm-hmm. we, we, we do talk. She's very, very busy with the work that she does. Mm-hmm. She's in her early 30s, and she, mm-hmm. she's very tied up and very dedicated to what she does. Mm-hmm. The other three, uh, not at all. Mm-hmm. Well, gosh. That's – I don't talk to my dad either, so, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's – he made it very clear. Like, you – you it wasn't My just door's open. My doors are open. Yeah, yeah. Time. Right. That's no. With, with that's it, the important with thing. It's very dad, different. Like it mm. got to the point where we had to just uh, write the letter saying that 
you loved him. Yeah, but and okay. that you and then we had to send it and never expect a reply. Like yeah. you had to do your part right, of right. making peace, knowing you can that reach peace out. may never come. There's only so much you can do before you just decide. Okay, sure. maybe they're not interested in getting back in touch, or right? Yeah. 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 Oh, I wonder. Does it? Yes. What's okay. In your mind. <laughs> no, I wonder. Does it affect your daily life in Every any day. way? Oh. Hmm. How? Negatively. <laughs> My children don't talk to me. Yeah. Uh, I I have not given up on them, and mm. I won't ever and give up won't. on the door. Will always be open to them. Um, but the fact that they, we had a great relationship. Mm-hmm. All all four of them, we had a, a very tight, very loving, very engaged relationship, mm. and it just went away. And I am the bad guy. Are they all still in Charlotte, or are they kind of spread out? They all still live in Charlotte. Okay. Mm. Come on, kids. Your dad loves you. (laughs) (laughs) Tell them all the time. Yes. I do let them know I'm not. I am not. uh, I'm not hiding from them, and I'm not turning them away in in any sense. Yeah. So. I'm sure they know. I hope so. Mm. No, they they know. It's just whether they, you know, they decide to act on that information. This is a downer. And a no, it's not a downer. This is life. This is, this how, is life. Yeah, this is how life is. No, but we reach out to each other and we try. They tried to do that with my mom too, like feeding us with bad information about her. Mm-hmm. But we just loved her so much. It was just yeah. not going to happen. I mean, I raised my children to mm. defend who they see as the victim. Mm. And they see their mother as the as victim. As the victim, yeah. right. And I'm the bad guy, so I, I understand mm. why they're making the stand they're standing on. Mm. Thanksgiving is, maybe it has already passed by the time this airs. It will, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. But I want to see families together. I like it when everyone's together and happy. But we try, we do what we can. We, mm-hmm. we do what we can. That's how it is. <laughs> I did it too for heavy? you because you're saying, no, it's not too no. heavy. No, okay. Um, yeah, I can keep going, but I don't, well, I want you, I want you to no, just, just you got me thinking about like the, 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 <laughs> in uh, the family turmoil that we've had. And there were people in my family that I didn't talk to for mm. a bit of time. Mm-hmm. And there were relationships that felt permanently finished. I, I just got to thank God for the fullness of time. That uh, there's, things come back around. There's there's there is beauty in the fullness of of time. That it any any sliver of it doesn't doesn't do life any bit of justice. But when you kind of stack them up, yeah, there's enough there's enough gradient between those moments. That I don't know. They, and I. I don't want to. Yeah, what's on your mind? So no, you, I mean, I just, what what do you do when someone doesn't want to reach back? I mean, you you can extend your hand and just leave it out there. Yeah, 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 and just wait for them to warm up to you again. And I hope they do it before it's too late. Yeah, there are judgments I made on stuff that I like fundamentally knew was the truth, and then I thought a decade later I was looking back on it all and I thought like, wait. What? I didn't know that that was the truth or not. That was uh, uh, hearsay, which, as I understand, is not admissible in a yeah. court of law. Mm. <laughs> it was exactly. All, um, and it made me rethink a lot of the, the ways that I judged other people in my family and in my close network. Mm. Um, 
and, and uh, the, I don't know. Like, you're, I'll still never know about all the details of all of the of things. Of course, that the you'll never know the did. whole story, and mm. you'll never you'll never know the true story mm. either, because you cannot see all the positions of it. Mm. Um, and your own truth evolves as you grow into new people. As your as your soul evolves into new. Oh things. Oh yeah, what I thought was condemnable at the time is now like that's a complicated thing that yeah. that uh, I didn't understand at all. Right, yeah. and you didn't have the capacity to yeah. understand yeah. it at the time. Mm. So mm. that's why making judgments is is harsh, and you mm. you know you fall back to the default position of loving mm. and forgiving. I was I was banging on the the bell frantically because I thought that at this point. In my experience so far with the interviews we've done, people usually don't like to talk about the struggles that are still ongoing. If they've overcome them already, that's a whole other thing. If you read my blog and Mm. you listen to my podcast, I constantly, Mm. it's it's raw. It comes out exactly the way I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't please some people, Mm. but... Alas. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like you're naming names or anything if something's going well, on. Well, they know who they are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, these kids would be able to identify themselves. <laughs> oh, wait. I thought there might be other people <laughs> involved. Oh, so. I mean, you know. My mother's murderer, my, uh, you know, my my ex-brother-in-law. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of skeletons and all kinds of closets. Yeah. There's this place called Carolina Swinky. <laughs> And they got drama. They got some drama. It's unlike anything else. You can't drama for your mama. Wow. Okay. I went to. So the the book is across the table. The blog is the truth is the podcast is is across the table. Yeah, he has a podcast and it's on iTunes across the table. And then iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's it's on all the any place you get your. Podcast. Podcast, yeah. you can find me. Yeah. yeah. And the other one with the stories where you tell little stories. Are they made up uh, stories or are they fictional? They or will. They, are, they range from classic poems and mm. Shakespeare mm. recitals to things that I've written myself. Wow. It's whatever I feel like putting out there. It's like, mm. this is engaging me right now. Yeah. And it's four to five minutes long at most sometimes. Wow. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, some people have described, I'm going to get this wrong, but ASMR. Mm. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Like the people, I put that on to help me sleep because mm. this voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, some from stories that I've written to poetry that I've written mm. to just whatever's in front of me at the time. And I'll mm. put it there. And that's called A Tiny Spider. A Tiny Spider. Look mm. it up, people. Yeah. Tiny yeah. Spider. I'm going to look it up too. A tiny spider. Yeah, there's only a few offerings in there so far, mm. but it's it's growing. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, this is great. You're you're just a, a treasure trove. Well, like <laughs> I, I'm gonna. Can I reel it over towards magic a little bit? Is that yeah, right? that's oh, okay. Oh, right. We do magic too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The the questions like there's a couple questions on my mind. Uh, first, are like let's let's bang through the the simplest, most basic bitch question there is on the planet. Mm-hmm. Oh, who were your guys growing up? Who are my guys? guys? When you came out into magic, who are the ones? See, I was already twenty six. But who were the ones that you were like? That's cool. That's cool. I'm gonna learn that shit. Renee Mm Lavand, Eugene Berger, um, who names are escaping me for some. uh, Eric DeCamps out of North, uh, out of uh, New York. Mm -hmm. Big, big influence on Mm -hmm. on the way I first saw magic, and 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 probably Tommy Wonder. Okay. Those, those four are like the, the Mount Rushmore of what I would put up. Mm. Renee Levant more than anybody else, though. Okay. Way more than anybody. Are you familiar with Renee? I don't know the... Are they all Americans? American magicians? No. Uh, oh. Renee is, uh, was from Argentina. Oh. Spoke very, very, very little English. Mm. Um, 
Rene Levant, mm-hmm. and you can look him up on YouTube too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I encourage that you do so. Mm. He he died just a little more than a year ago. Mm. Not not terribly long ago. Mm. Oh, I should mention Tom Mullica. Also huge. Because he he's from Atlanta, which is near Charlotte, and that that was a big influence. Yeah. Bar magic. Mm. Uh Renee was the greatest card magician ever, is as far as I am concerned. Mm. He would do uh, an hour and a half to two hour show of nothing but card tricks. And it was poetic, and it was beautiful, and it was storytelling, and mm. it was some of the most amazing manipulation you've ever seen. Mm. He would get no less than two or three spontaneous standing ovations for the work that he did. Wow. And whether this makes it more impressive <laughs> or not, it's part uh-huh. of his makeup and part of his character and who he was. Mm. Uh, when he was nine years old, he was in an accident, and mm. he lost his right arm. So everything he did, he did with his left hand only. Everything. And it's still some of the most elegant, technically adept, poetic art you'll ever see with a deck of cards. Wow. Yeah. When I first saw him perform, uh, he had his he had his sleeve tucked into the pocket of his suit coat. And he mm-hmm. did all this stuff with one hand. And my first thought was, wow, he's he's just showing off. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, and someone told me, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, that he, yeah, he doesn't have another like appendage real. to do this, so he's yeah. doing it for real. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. But the, the mm. no obstacle, you know, there's no obstacle that can't be overcome, you know. Mm. And and he, he would recite Chinese poetry while he did certain things. And it, it's a beautiful, beautiful act. And, and it's on from YouTube. A beautiful man. Yeah, there's parts of it all over, all over the place you can yeah. find. He was appreciated in his lifetime. Oh yes, oh, very, very good. much so. Mm-hmm. Very much so. They uh, called him Maestro mm. by the end of his life, just because he had that uh, that appreciation and understanding for his own craft and his own art, mm. and no limitations. Now, when you're building a, a receipt. What? No, I'm just intrigued. I really want to see no, this this uh, one arm act. Do it, do it. It's a, yeah. It's a, oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, the, Is there anyone doing that these days? One arm. Like, mm, I've nothing. never heard of a magician. I'm sure they are out there. I'm sure mm. there's, there's got to be some. Mm. But yeah. All the magicians I see have all their faculties. Like I've never seen a a, a magician wheeling himself on Disabled stage magician. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are What's a few. His name? There's a ferocious blind magician. He was on Fool Us. What? Yeah. Uh, Richard uh, Richard Turner. And he slaughters. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's so cool to watch him work. Wow. Okay. He's, he's mm. a true artist. And, 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 and uh, uh, I don't think that Richard would call himself a magician. He is a, he's a card artist. He What he does is magic in the sense that it's, it's from his soul. Mm. And, it's, and it's beautiful, beautiful work. Mm. But I don't think, and I, I could be completely corrected by this, but I don't believe he calls himself a magician. He he just he does things with cards that are otherworldly. Because he can't see them. Right. He's seeing them another way. He's also way. something like a sixth or seventh degree black belt. Mm. So he he fights without being able to see as well. He on on a competition level. Yeah. He's he's a there's a movie out um uh whose name I can't remember. Mm. The documentary about mm-hmm. Richard Turner. Mm. I wanna say it's called Shuffled, but that's not right. Mm. It's something like that, though. Mm. But, yeah, you learn a lot from that. Is that a thing with magicians, that when they get to a certain level, when they overcome mediocrity, do they... Is it that it, it, it just becomes a part of their soul? 
I'm just you're okay. looking at me like I would have any answer for because <laughs> you watch a lot of magicians like you really love it yeah, you but... really love watching the art and the performances that's pain it's beyond it becomes spiritual pain fertilizes the seeds of art what I think mm. yes it does yes, same it does. profound mm-hmm. things I can just go mm. <laughs> 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 yeah but at what point? Like the there's there's the beginning of your career when you've got your uh, Gemini twins, your three card Monty, and I forget what the third one was. Cups, uh, cups. Yes, the one cup and the two cups. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's a point, and I feel like that. Maybe I'm imagining this completely, but like when you you you're you're learning magic first, you're you're learning songs. At what point do you get to improvise? Do you have a big enough arsenal of things you can do with a deck of cards that mm. you could do? Like right now, you could probably do combining all your different techniques and ideas. You could do something that you've never done before oh, for sure. anyone. Yeah. I do that almost every night. Mm. So when when does that cross happen in your career from from re- reciting to jazz? Well, I can tell you the exact time it happened. Mm. I had uh, I had been working on the streets for a little while, mm-hmm. probably less than a year. Mm. And um, I was approached by one of the nearby restaurants in the corner that I like to frequent mm-hmm. and said, um, well, first of all, they said, well, if you, if you mention us, if people are looking for a place to eat, we'll, we'll feed you. Mm. I said, great. Done. Mm. Uh, if I get you a certain number of people each night, can I bring my family in once a week? Because I'm thinking I've got to feed my family. And, yeah. You know, mm. uh, let's do that. So mm. that and then that evolved in me actually working in the restaurant and working behind the bar and, and performing for the patrons that came in. Mm. One afternoon, I parked uh, near the restaurant and went in search of something. Mm. When I came back, my car had been broken into and all the magic props were gone. Now I had uh, the professional cups and I had the, you know, all the. Uh, the tricks that you get when you're first starting out and things you read in books and a couple of decks of cards and mm. some of them gimmicked and some of them not. And I'm, and I was like, well, I can't work tonight. I don't have my stuff, mm. but I walked into a drugstore, which was right, right next door to the restaurant. And they, uh, I said, I could, I could probably get a deck of cards here. Maybe I could do something. I could, I could limp my way through this night and, mm. and see what happens. Mm. So I went and I got a deck of cards or two. And on my way back up front, there was, they had just introduced the short Pringles cans because they, they'd been the long ones for a very long time. And then they had to introduce what they called snack packs, which are just about a, a third of the size of the regular ones. Mm-hmm. And I went, ah, yeah, funny thing. That's ah, about the size of the cup that I just lost. Right. <laughs> and, and something went off in my head. I went, why don't, why don't you just do the cup routine with that? Mm. And so I, I bought like three of them, just like three of the things. and. Mm. And then on my on my journey back to the to the, uh, the cash register where I was going to get this, um, I saw um, uh, little plastic balls about the size of a ping pong ball, mm-hmm. but brightly colored mm-hmm. and made out of rubber. So they were they were bouncy balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, "Oh, well, that I could use those instead of this." And, and and that and then there was a display of paper clips of all things. Oh, wow! And I went, "Oh, I, you know what? I know this that other trick I just read in the book where you use the paper clip for this thing." And a selected card appears inside the paperclip. I bet I could do that. And what if it was inside the Pringles can? Mm. And what if this happened? And, what, and yeah. all in, in the course of like half an hour. In the drugstore. In the drugstore. Yeah. I wrote a whole new act based on just, I had learned the chords. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote a song. Yeah. Yep. Because, yeah. It, because 
the 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 standard stuff, the the, the stuff that everybody else was doing, got yeah. taken away from me. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And I I was like I. Okay, struggle. What do I do? What do I do? I, I yeah. can do this. I can do this. Hey, this could be a cup. This could be a thing. Yeah. And it, it wrote. And because of the way it happened, the presentation that I brought that night to the performance was completely different than the other things. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, here's here's an obvious magic prop. Mm. Here's a Pringles can. Yeah, yeah. Why do you have a Pringles can in an Italian <laughs> restaurant? Yeah. Well, let me show you why I have a small Pringles can in an Italian <laughs> yeah. restaurant. Yeah. And, and I still do that act Today I still do. I'm I'm famous for the Pringles thing. So yeah, I just wrote it. Do you tell them the story? I don't tell them. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I tell the story every once in a while, like like this. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, why a Pringles can? Well, here's why a Pringles can. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it was born from. So when you're working on new routines, do you? Um, <laughs> like when you when you're not working within the confines of a, a recent robbery and a <laughs> and a drugstore inventory, <laughs> right, right. Do you start with the narrative? Do you start with the effect? Is Both. it kind of just noodling until something sounds good? You'd be amazed if you stop. You 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 don't ever stop rehearsing your your craft. You mm. don't you you polish the craft and mm. you and you try to advance what you know and what. The possibilities that you haven't learned, but maybe you come up with on your own. Mm-hmm. But as far as presentational ideas and bringing them to the table, mm. you have to not look. You have to open yourself to the universe and mm. say, what am I supposed to do? Why is this important to me? Mm. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a very classic trick by the name of, it's called uh, Cylinder and Coin. And uh, it's been presented on Fool Us, so you may have seen it by mm. Eric Mead, who does a beautiful job with it. Mm-hmm. See the um, one? Does he use like a cork or something? With yeah, it? used yeah. a cork, mm. a, a leather tube, yes, and a yes. stack of coins. Yes, yeah, and then mm. some just some beautiful slow motion appearances and vanishes, and all culminates with mm. the coins appearing under the cork inside yes. a the little tube. Beautiful piece of work. I saw coming back to Eric DeCamps from New York. I saw him do that. In 1995, at a magic convention, I saw him perform that classic effect, Mm -hmm. which is difficult to do. It's not an easy, self-working kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So a lot of magicians don't do it. It's it's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of magicians do it just for themselves as an exercise, you know. Because it has to be in slow motion. It has to be almost poetry for it to be to be meaningful to yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. I, I fell in love with the trick, and so I learned it. I went and I, I bought the manuscript, and I got the props together, and I spent a good 10 years learning it and doing it and, and trying to find a meaning for it. And it was meaningless to me. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful piece of performance. Like you got the effect down. Yeah, I got yeah. the effect down. You know, the... the the, the coins appear slow motion and they vanish in slow motion. They almost melt mm. and then they appear in an impossible location. Mm. And all that's well and good, mm. but there's no story. And most perform- – the, the guy who, who invented it, the guy who came up with the, the concept, John Ramsey, mm. used a cardboard cylinder. He was a grocer and he would just take a cardboard cylinder and he made this thing happen. I, I cut off of the end of a cork mm. to use his little cork disc. And that's the way it stayed. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, someone went, oh, it would look fancier if we had a leather cylinder. It would be more manly if we had a leather cylinder. <laughs> yeah. Let's make it out of leather. <laughs> yeah. And so I meant that. And that's all fine. Mm. And, and there, are certain, there are certainly places in the magic world for the adventures of the props. 
Yeah. This happens to the coins. Mm. That won't ever be in my show. That I don't present the adventures of the props. It, it's, it has to be some kind of personal for me. Mm. So I learned the routine because I thought it was beautiful and artistic and I wanted my hands to be able to do it. Mm. And I, if I could use the word yearned, mm. I yearned mm, 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 mm. to put it in my act, but I refused to put something meaningless yeah. in my in act. act. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and honestly, the best that I could come up with was Here's a tribute to this beautiful piece of art, and it was that wasn't good enough for me. Mm-hmm. I, when I was a child, mm-hmm. <clears throat> my favorite treat was called push-ups. They were um, they were cylinders of orange sherbet, mm-hmm. and it had a little plastic plunger inside it. You would push the ice cream up through this. Mm-hmm. This thing, mm. and I just I loved them, and, and and when they when I was finished with the with the treat part of it, uh, my little young creative mind would mm. make things out of the cylinders, mm. all kinds all kinds of things. I would use them for things, mm. and and I got older and and forgot about them. It's just some you know, stuff fades. Yeah, life happens. Life happens. <laughs> so I was shopping one afternoon, and glanced into the frozen. And there's a box of push-ups in the old classic polka-dotted style like I'd had when I was a kid. Mm. And my first, ah, my kids would love these. Mm. I'm, I'm going to take these home mm. and share some of my childhood with my children. Mm. And they loved them. They oh. was great. We, we shared them. And, we, and I talked about old stories and things I had done with them and blah, 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 mm. blah. A couple of hours later, I'm sitting at my kitchen table working on something. And I have the props out four cylinder and coin mm. I, just as an exercise and in a moment of just of just relaxation and just like going all right we're taking a break for a minute this problems insurmountable someone will take it look from a different angle mm. and i looked over and there's there's one of the cylinders from the ice cream yeah that boy that looks like it's about the same size as, as the cylinder you know that, that this because mm. part of it you have to you know, silver dollars have to fit underneath the cylinder. Mm. It's ah, it's going to be close, but it's not. No, no, no way in the world that fits over those silver dollars. Mm. And I, I sat there debating with within reach. Yeah, yeah, yeah going, yeah. going. No, it's, it's, not, it's, it's just not <laughs> possible. No There's no way to check. Some it's, one, it's a done deal. Why bother? So I, I picked it up and I put, and it was, it was perfect. Mm. I mean, when I, I, I forgot to breathe, I, I, mm. I, I, oh, you know, I just set it down and it was exactly the right size it needed to be. It was exactly the right height it needed to be. Everything about it was yeah. absolutely perfect. And the act that I do now mm-hmm. with it wrote itself right then. Wow. It was, it fully, it, it sprung into my head fully formed. Mm-hmm. This is what you're going to talk about. This is why it's meaningful. Yeah. This is the thing. And it, it was done. Wow. Yeah. Right, so ten years, ten years, and 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 had and had the solution presented itself much earlier, mm. it wouldn't have been as good. It wouldn't have. I, I wouldn't have had mm. the knowledge and the and the training in my hands mm. to be able to do it justice. Yeah, with the presentation that I eventually came up with. Every so time. I had to learn the mechanics mm. before I could ever put the dream into it. Mm. Do you teach magicians? I wish. Oh. I'm at an age now where I, I should mm. be mentoring. Oh. <laughs> um, I have put the the offer forth that mm. 
I don't, it, it, it's not going to be so much of a, of a teaching thing as mm-hmm. a mentoring thing. Right, I want right. someone who has knowledge, who's, who has reached a certain point and mm-hmm. wants to get past that point mm. to find what, what's inside them. I want to lead someone inward to themselves mm. to make their magic stronger. Yeah, yeah. That's the direction I'd like to take. And that's, it's going to have to come to me. Yeah. It's not something you can go out seeking. No. And you already have the blogs. They know where to find you. They know where to find me. And I've done, I did a, uh, uh, I did a workshop for the Magic Castle a few months ago Mm -hmm. on that exact subject. Mm. And I had five uh, volunteers who came up and and presented a thing. Mm. And I offered them suggestions. Mm -hmm. Stand with your feet this way. Mm. Why are you saying this particular line? And what does that mean to you? Why are you addressing, why are you trying to anthropomorphize uh, a deck of cards? Mm. What if it was just a deck of cards and you were putting something into it? And they, for the most part, they took those suggestions and improved from their own viewpoint mm. where they were going with their art. Mm, mm. That's the kind of teaching I'd like to do. And it went over very well. I thought it went over very yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. When you're writing, uh, from from when you write a routine to when you perform it live, is it usually like a one-to-one ratio on the verbiage or is there wiggle room? Like, do you write it exactly how you want to perform it and then perform it exactly how you wrote it? Or the story is like such a big part of what you do. I have the basic, I know how to open, Mm -hmm. I know how to close, and the journey to get there is is generally, you know, I know the direction I'm going to go in. Yeah. Um. But the beauty of, of what I love about the way I my performance is that I I pay attention and I listen to the people around me. Yeah. It is not a, a monologue. For the most part, it's not a monologue out to them. I'm engaging and reaction reacting to the right. people there. So the story yeah. evolves and changes. Mm. And sometimes they will suggest things or, or, or a, a topic will come up in the midst of a performance. Mm. Where I'll go, that should be permanent. Mm-hmm. That I should move that into a I should make this happen more often. Yeah, yeah. Because that was a meaningful moment and, and it builds on itself. So it's not it's uh it's it it's water. Mm. It can it, it matches the container it's put in. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's, Did, it's available for evolution. Right. <laughs> do you ever do you ever get thrown off by an audience member's uh comment not or anymore. reaction? Not anymore. Not anymore. Okay. <laughs> I did I did comedy clubs for about five years mm-hmm. in the late nineties when it was really the hot thing to do comedy yeah, clubs. Yeah. It's still a viable thing. Mm. Um and I worked on the street mm-hmm. and the stuff that you get thrown at you, sometimes literally Really on the street. That's will, assault. Don't well, do that, people. It is. I mean, I've, I was hit in the face with a beer bottle in a, in a comedy club. You're not funny. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yes. Um, oh, people can be brutal. I like the sound so effect mean. on that one. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, that's exactly what a beer bottle sounds yeah, like when it's, when it's coming out of the lights. You know, that sounds face. familiar. Yeah. What's that noise? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Mm. But you... you I'd, I'd but I, I... It's so... I'm not saying I, I don't have the ability to still be surprised. Yeah, yeah. Because people. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm solid enough in my own foundation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to where I won't get rocked too heavily. Mm. You can always scoop it up. Now, that being said, mm-hmm. uh, after a performance, mm-hmm. like within the past week, uh, a very attractive young woman walked mm-hmm. past me, mm-hmm. eyeballing, just... Mm. You know, and then check to see if I was watching her 
leave the room, yeah. which I was. <laughs> and she came back and she got right up in my face mm. and said, um, what's it like being the smartest person in the room? And that, mm. that knocked me back for a second because mm-hmm. I did not expect that question. Yeah. Not coming from her. It's just, what, what does it feel like to be the smartest person in the room? Yeah. I said, you tell me. <laughs> and like mine. And she said, it's the perfect answer. And she wow. left. <laughs> like, okay. That's the extent of our relationship right there. Wow. We're done. <laughs> oh, that's a story. I yeah. like that. <laughs> Being the smartest person in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to back pocket that one in case you have to, have to hit on people? Yeah. Just walk up to them and say that. Mm. And make a face. Feel free to use that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, random lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Mm. I'm, I'm gonna, enjoying I'm this. Gonna, you're you're going to. I'm going to dig gonna us do? into the bowl. Okay. okay. Oh, really? Let's see, okay. see what the hive mind thinks. And there's no. Rules. No at all. rules. No rules at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got a sweet. Yes. Yeah. Well, you, you can take both if you want. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with this. <laughs> oh, speaking of uh, Micah Cover, uh, left those here. Left the Rico Yeah. yeah. Thank <laughs> you, Micah. <laughs> I don't need one. I'll leave for someone who That's is fun, in yeah. need. Wait, what? No, you can have it. Micah had a sore throat. When do you envision us living on Mars as a reality? Is that, who's that? Rice Perloff. Oh, Rice Perloff. Dave Perloff. Thank you for for asking that question. Um, Sometimes the hive mind stays on track and sometimes the hive mind Mm -hmm. has uh, other things to talk about. So let's talk about Mars for a while. Sure. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Is there life on on Mars David Bowie asked that question 40 years ago. Is Mm. there life on Mars? So, Dave, uh, Mr. Perloff's question Mm -hmm. was, when do you envision us uh, within 10 years? Living, living, mm-hmm. living, colonizing, years? colonizing, yes. Why? Yeah. I'm going to carefully say this answer. Mm. I have a client uh, that I've done shows for mm-hmm. who are actively seeking uh, to colonize Mars. Mm. Okay. Um, it's under wraps right now. I'm not allowed to talk about oh, okay. things that I know. Mm. Mm. But if you compare mm-hmm. computers of 20 years ago, uh, cell phones of 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, technology of 10 years ago mm-hmm. to where we are now, mm-hmm. 10 years from now living on Mars is not a big stretch. Mm-hmm. If someone owned a hmm, careful, careful, careful. <laughs> owned an airline yeah. and said, I want to get from LA to New York in under two hours. And said, now I own this facility here full of scientists and engineers who make planes. And I mm. own this facility over here who similarly have the same technologies. Mm. Um, I will give a huge amount of money to the first team of scientists that comes up with a way for me to get from New York to L.A. On a, on a regular commuter, mm. you can buy a ticket and go mm. in under two hours. Do it. And the incentive is high. Yeah. I, I, Hannibal says by 2030. There's uh, We have a lot of faith in technology. 
Well, there's you're, you're touching on something that's very exciting and kind of uh, kind of opaque, ever mm. less so. Uh, uh, give me a second. Give me a second. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> give me a second. Sure. Uh, Fifty years ago, mm. if if uh, uh, Howard Hughes type was making that same wager, that mm-hmm. same that same investment. It would be a, a room full of airplane engineers and another room full of airplane engineers. Mm-hmm. Now uh, you have a room full of half full of airplane engineers, and it'll be half full of people who uh, do artificial learning simulations, like have a computer just build infinity planes between now and sure. the end of the year, mm. yeah. and revise, revise, revise until you have something that's properly aerodynamic that has the right thrust. And the the idea that, that like, uh, I, I don't know what to call them, but uh, theoretical engineers, sure. like that's half the room now. It used to be a room full of engineers, and now it's these theoret. It's very, very it, interesting to think of how, how engineering is, is being approached now. It's, it's sure. exciting. But let me give you a, a, a more actual realistic uh, viewpoint. Mm. We went to the moon in less than 10 years from conception of a president saying, I want to be on the moon within 10 years. Mm-hmm. Literally, that's all it took. He said that the scientists and, the, and whatever from all around the world went, mm. well, we've initially, well, we're going to do that. Mm. By 1970, we're going to put a man on the moon, right? From 1962 to 1969, that happened. Mm. Yeah. Right? Mm, mm, mm. From one guy, and it, it all happened on on uh, chalkboards and abacuses and and slide rules. Yeah. And the back of the envelope. Don't forget the and back the of the back envelope. of the envelope. <laughs> and and the unsung heroes mm. and 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 all people that are just now being recognized for the work that they, they did. Yeah. How much more from from the point we are now and the things we are now? And I'm not even talking about virtual. But if you look at 3D printers and the ability to create anything your mind comes up with right now Mm -hmm. without doing a whole lot of fabrication and everything else, Mm. doesn't that mean you don't have to take extra parts when you go? Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. No, it's it's awesome. There's all kinds of things. There's all kinds of... And I, the the ability of the human mind and the and it's it really is it's only it's limited only by the drive of your spirit. Yeah. I want to go to Mars. I'm going to tell my my engineering people. Mm. I'm going to I'm going to make an attractive place for my engineering people to come to to work. Yeah. I am going to talk to uh, uh, fashion designers. I'm going to talk to people who work with fabric. And what's a better spacesuit? Yes. Right. What's a what's a more mobile, slimmer, life enhancing spacesuit? Mm. What's a better, you know, uh, what what kind of nutrition do we need to take with us? What what studying the soil of Mars? What can we take that we can grow there? What can we create here on Earth mm. under those conditions that is going to thrive in that particular atmosphere? How do we make the atmosphere better? All those things are being already being addressed. Mm. It's not just a, how do we survive once we get there, but how do we thrive yeah. from the moment we set foot? Ah. And do we in 2023, in 2023, when someone says, I want a group of mixed race 20-somethings who say, we're not coming back. I want artists. 
I want mathematicians. Mm. I want farmers. I want 100 people mm. to take the journey. And we're going to establish first colony on Mars by 2030. Wow. Is that really a big stretch in your mind? In my mind, yes. Right now. Okay. Right now. Mm. In my mind, it's a bit of a stretch. Because I know people who would leave tomorrow. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Who look you at leave the Earth? Not you. You don't oh, seem okay. to want to go. <laughs> there are people no. who, who I love, I love that Earth. Life. Also, I don't know. Mars so far, the descriptions we've been getting and the reports we've been getting, even of the the all the instruments that have managed mm-hmm. to get close enough, it's just it just seems so uninhabitable. They built Las Vegas in the middle of a desert. <laughs> She hasn't but seen Vegas yet. Gravity, <laughs> they built Hollywood in the middle of the desert. She see, yeah, there's we talk about that. Atmosphere, you know, mm-hmm. something to breathe. Are they going to carry enough oxygen? Are they going to be able to recycle oxygen for for years? Who knows? But yeah, why not? They would have with to the right have vegetation, masks, yeah. with the right, yeah, you know, forced. Vegetation. This is this isn't the last place. Yeah. There's so there's out is the way to go, you know. Yeah, I've never thought of. He knows how I how strongly I feel about Earth. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm she's, convinced she's it's the only place really we fine. have in the universe. We have nowhere else to go. If we if we if we kill each other, we're just gonna end when? up <laughs> when we when when we kill each other. <laughs> yeah, we just uh, we're just if we destroy the Earth, that's it. We're done, done for. That's what I. Well, we're not talking about uh, when you destroying the Earth so that we can finally go to Mars. We're talking about <laughs> I know, but pilot I, I programs. Do hope, I do hope that that works out. I really do. Mm-hmm. If we can uh, just take a moment from all our squabbles with each other about silly, silly differences, that would be great. If we had a major goal like that, yeah. wouldn't that help? Unified oh. goal, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That would help. So are you telling me... But not really, that there are people who are thinking about this very I'm seriously. You, there are I'm telling who you think 10 years. This day and night. Okay, day yep. and night. Okay, good. All right, good. This is absolutely it, yeah. <laughs> All right. Great, great question, Mr. Perloff. Thank you. Oh, you want more? Wow. Mars soon? Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was that? <laughs> no, because I, I'm, I wasn't convinced. Are you going to do that every time I ring the bell? Whoa, Mars, Mars, soon. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> so you would kind of okay, yes. And any, any is good? Any is good. All right, let's see. How's your day? How's your day? <laughs> Not unpleasant. <laughs> Swinky, how's I'm your day? I'm having a great time. It's a lovely day. I'm so glad you came today, Mr. Hannibal. Thank I'm you really very much. happy. I appreciate this you having cool. me. <laughs> Okay, yes, ding it. <laughs> All right, Vito, let's see if I can't pull something a little, a little more robust. I should punctuate it correctly. Oh, it's the worst morning you've ever had. Um, uh, <laughs> wow. What's the worst morning I've ever had? You have to choose, right? No, I don't have to choose. You don't? Nope. No, the worst Gosh. morning chooses you, Swinky. <laughs> <clears throat> Are you abstaining? No. <laughs> He's gathering himself. I was working at the resort. I was working at Heritage. Mm. And we were putting together a show that was going to go up that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a call mm. from a um, very close friend 
says, your mother's in the hospital. You need to, you need to get to, uh, it was a place in South Carolina mm. that she was living. Mm. And I said, okay. Uh, and because I was so embroiled in the project I was doing, I said, how serious is it? Because I'm working backstage. He said, well, if you want to see her alive, you should be here soon. Mm. Very dramatic. Mm. So I called home. <clears throat> we dropped the, uh, we had two kids at the time. We dropped them off with her parents mm -hmm. and went down to where she was. She was already in uh, intensive care. Mm. Um, she was only being kept alive by machines. Mm. Uh, I was asked whether or not uh, you are the, uh, you're the, you're the one who has to make this choice. Mm. Um, do you want to, the only thing keeping her alive is the machines? Her brain is gone. She's not. She won't survive without the machines. Mm. What do you want to do? And I said, she's got a husband, mm. stepfather, second yeah. husband. Yeah. I said, shouldn't he be the one making the decision? I was like, well, not in this particular case. Uh, you have to make the decision. Mm. And was I there said, a reason? Was it just because you were there? That I'll get there. Next okay. Game? Okay. Um, I said, I will, I will sign the papers if you will show me how to turn the machines off. I said, I don't want just somebody to come in and flick and switch. Yeah. I, you can supervise me, but I want to be the one turning everything yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so they did, and so I did, and I watched her stop breathing, and that was the end of it. Wow. Uh, very shortly thereafter, mm. I was uh, in the hallway, not, not too many minutes afterwards, and my... Stepfather came up to me with uh, a doctor in tow, mm. asking me if I wanted my mother to be autopsied. Said, uh, "You know that just a, it's a it's a carving up position, and, and they would you know she you should she should probably be left you know in peace, and you should just let it, let it go." Mm. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah I don't want an autopsy. We're fine." And so I signed those papers. Mm. Uh, and we went through the funerals, and we mm. went through all the all the stuff you have to do. Mm. And then my uncle came to me two months later or so, mm. asking me why I had declined an autopsy. And I told him the situation. After much investigation, after mm. having my mother's body exhumed mm. and examined then, and uh, it was pretty clear she had been killed, she'd been poisoned uh, over the course of a, of a, of a day. Long time. She she took pain medication for uh, headaches that she'd had. Yeah. Um, that would knock her out. And apparently someone woke her up, gave her her medication again, let her sleep for 30 minutes, woke her up, gave her her medication again, yeah. telling her you haven't taken it yet. Yeah. Until it, until it killed her. It killed her. And because there was no immediate autopsy done, there wasn't a whole lot left in her system, but there was enough for the medical examiner to go, she couldn't have done this all on her own. Mm. It wasn't taken all. It wasn't like she she killed herself by taking a whole bunch all at once because it was done incrementally over time. Mm. Someone had to have woken her up and given her these things. Because of me signing the non-autopsy thing and because there was so much time in between, mm. um, I was visited by the district attorney, the district attorney who said, we know he did it. We, it's a very clear cut. This had to happen this way, mm. but we do not have enough evidence to take it to court. So he's going to walk on it. He's going to walk away. 
there won't there won't even there won't be a trial. He won't be arrested. There won't be. Mm. We have spoken to him and let him know that we know he did it, mm. but there's no evidence that there, well, there's nothing they can take to court to make it. Yeah. So he walked away. Wow. It's my stepfather. Is he still around? Mm-hmm. Wow. That was probably my worst morning. And I relived yeah. it because mm. I signed the paper. Mm. Mm-hmm. I I let him get away. If if, if I had had any presence of mind to say no, do an autopsy now, mm. things might have been might have been very different. But he did do a number on you because when you're in that state, you've just been. Mm. Turns out, turns out the doctor that he was with that he that came up to me wasn't her doctor. It was a friend of his from college who worked at the hospital, and he went and got him and said, mm. "What do I need to do to get?" this paper signed and he's like i'll just uh, i'm not going to say anything but i'll just accompany you like an official position Mm -hmm. but also there's like in my mind the autopsy is what you do when you're curious about what happened but if you were there flipping the switches like you there's no real mystery there's nothing there's not really a mystery she um they Labeled as an accidental death, not as, mm. a, as a suicide or mm. anything else. It was mm. accidental death. And because of me, they left it that way. Well, I don't think it's fair to blame yourself for that. There was a lot of... No, it's not fair and it's not right, but mm. I do it anyway. <laughs> Everyone needs a hobby. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Gosh. Oh, my goodness. And because this all happened mm. while I was working at the resort, mm-hmm. she never knew me as a magician because that happened after. Right. She never knew two of her grandchildren. She never got to see the other two grow up to yeah. be the incredible young women they are now. Yeah. She missed a lot, and she was only 50 years old. Oh my gosh! And mm-hmm. she, it's not like she had any prior sickness before that. She had headaches. She mm. had she had some largely brought on by stress, mm. you know, things. But mm. no, no, no major thing. Life just happens like that. Jeez. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the bad guys walk away. Okay, so, what? So you're like. You, you. This episode has shell shocked you more than any other. From advi- from the advice on, you have just been like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, we could talk about card tricks. <laughs> no, no, I'm very glad that this is that we we get to talk to yeah. you like yeah. this. I don't think. Do you now, do this often? Do I what? Do you do interviews often? No. No. I'm not really a big name. I'm not. You know, I'm not high profile magic dude. Oh, I would disagree. No, no, you are. I mean, you. Pew was re- you have no idea how excited he was when he said person. yes. That's one person, though. One That's... of many. He just happens to have a podcast. I don't know. Do you think I'm famous? Write in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you listening to this episode simply because I'm on it? I don't. Mm, yeah. I don't know. And if you if you, imagine coming to Los Angeles, where everyone is, mm-hmm. how how many people can come into Los Angeles and be like, oh, yeah, I'll take the job, see what it's like, you know. Most people just don't have that that option, writing have, on their reputation. I have faith on my gift. Because you're good. People know you. That's just the truth. <laughs> Please. Let's see what, good with, what comes out next from the... From the, the all, right, all right, all right. I think that's mine. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, mine. let me pick it. 
No, I think that's my own question that yeah, I put I wanted in. I want to see what your question was. No, you don't. <laughs> okay, that's that's an OG. Before the first episode, I had to do six or eight questions of my own that I wrote before there was a show because we okay. hadn't had any guests on, so I had gotcha. to put something in. I don't know which one you pulled, but uh, yeah. I'm. I reserve the right to veto it. Is it nonsense? Better than. Oh. Pop culture just ain't what it used to be. In fact, it's better. What have you been diving into recently? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People piss and moan about how bad movies and everything has gotten. And I, I disagree. I think that we are, that media is better this decade than it was the previous. Well, sure. We're getting better. And that goes all the way back to 1900. Um, what, what, is there any, are, are you a pop culture maven or do you kind of stick to the cards and the, the No, I, I, because I incorporate the things that affect my life into my work. Mm. I've got my eyes open as to what's going on around me. Pop culture is a nightmare right now, but some mm. people thrive on nightmares. Mm-hmm. What's mean, a nightmare about it? I just came out swinging so hard in favor of, I wonder what what's getting under your skin. We're living it. in a horror movie. Which one? <laughs> the attack of the, of the orange, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, uh, I, I don't think of it as pop culture, but that is more pop culture it than is it pop is. Culture. It really is. It, it is really is pop else. culture. It was pop culture that drove the the the, the, the train. The, yeah, the train yeah. into the White House. It's uh, it's affecting. Mm. It's affecting art. It's affecting life. It's affecting everything around us. That's what pop culture is. Mm, mm. Um, we we okay from my own aged experience Mm -hmm. the eyes of wisdom he's not as good as many people believe Mm -hmm. and he's not as bad as a lot of people think or like Mm. to point as Mm. he's a he's a horror show Mm. but he's a he's a he's a celebrity bully who got elected on his own chutzpah Mm. and he did not teach people to be misogynistic racist mm. he just told them it was okay to show it oh it was permission yeah yeah mm. i totally right permission. there with you that it was that a lot he's of the too votes dumb to from- craft this on his own <laughs> he's just taking credit for it oh my i wonder why they don't love you in texas <laughs> mm. Mm. i'm being silly Ignore so me. many reasons <laughs> yeah i don't um i keep my politics to mm. myself yeah but this is a horror show. Mm. There are children in cages. There are children, children in cages. Human we, children. We, American people, put children into cages. If American children anywhere in the world, if two American children anywhere in the world were put into cages publicly by the government of whatever country they were in, mm. how long before there would be boots on the ground in that country to rectify that problem? Mm. You're talking about this the way I talk about Sandy Hook. Okay. And we just An- breezed example. right by it, and yeah. it's like, yeah. what the fuck, nation? Yeah. <laughs> this is not where we settle. Yeah. Right yeah. there with you. Very, very much. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Keep talking. I'm looking something up. Yeah. 
man. But you did touch on something that mm. I do think is important. Mm-hmm. Um, Pop culture? No. <laughs> Stranger <laughs> Things season four. No, it's uh, that he is not as bad as the people... Who say he's he's the worst thing ever, Mm -hmm. and he's not as good as the people who say he's the best thing ever. I wish everybody could just ease off the throttle, and we could all as a nation (laughs) acknowledge that he's not a very good president, and that's okay. (laughs) He's he's such an excellent puppet. Mm. What? 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 Really? Mm. Oh, is that another piece of information that cannot be shared on the air. No, it's observation. It's a personal observation. He's not a smart man. I've said uh, before, he's not smart enough to be the evil genius that everyone... Okay. Mm. He is easily manipulated. Mm. If you watch any of the of the reality shows and stuff that he did mm. and how easily someone could maneuver mm. he's just kind of going, yeah, we're the, we are the greatest. Mm. I, this is the, this is their chance. It might not happen again. I have this feeling, like every family—I don't, not every family, but pretty much every family has its, its the you know the bad uncle, um, mm-hmm. who's evil. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've <laughs> and you know which uncle I'm talking sure, about. You sure, all know sure, sure. exactly. And I've never considered that uncle to be the evil one in a family. The evil ones are the ones who enable that uncle, that uncle? and protect that uncle and keep the, it all secret and quiet and mm. tolerated and keep inviting him. That's mm-hmm. where the evil lies. Mm. Well, now we're going to have a disagreement. Oh, okay. Please that's, do. That's okay. Is it going to be respectful? Do. Of course, I okay. Better, we're please. good. We're all good. We're all good. But I, I always feel that the enablers are more evil than the so- psychopath, okay, or the sociopath. That that the the people who identify as not evil and as good, but still let other people slide. I, well, but hit me, hit me. Yeah, I'm gonna shut my mouth and I let the wisdom hear come. What is evil? Okay, okay. <laughs> and what makes you think? What do you think makes? What makes you think evil exists? I, I classify as uh, evil as uh, well. Okay, uh, let's let's. Can I step back a little of bit course. before I talk myself into a hole? No, no. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, evil behavior is that which pulls autonomy away from others, at the very least, and at the very most, causes suffering in others. Okay. That's as far as I can go in words. You're talking selfishness. I. I I do. What makes mm. that evil? Working in one's own self-interest mm. is not exactly evil. No, 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 no. But when you when you when you make it impossible for others to pursue their self-interests, that's when you pull. But then you know, uh, then we get into the question of what if the creepy uncle is the good uncle and I'm the evil one? Mm. Then right, if you can't. You can identify oh, evil. Sticks. You can identify evil from your own perspective, but mm. I'm seen as evil by a certain number of people mm. for things I didn't do. Mm. You know, so the label slapped pretty easily on things. Now it is. It is. If you talk about, um, you know, wanting to wipe out an entire race of people, mm-hmm. if you talk about. Well, let's just go with that. Let's just go with that. With an uh, easy one. <laughs> this is an easy one. Mm. Um, in their perspective, 
they are working towards good. They have been, they have, their minds and their hearts have been corroded Mm -hmm. or misled by religion, by a certain set of ideals that from the outside perspective appears to be bad, Mm -hmm. but in their own minds and hearts, they're doing the right thing. All the way back to crusaders and and even before that, Christian crusaders. Mm. It's uh, the closest thing I think that we get to actual evil is greed. Greed is a real thing. Mm. Um, Greed, I I consider it a a disease more akin to alcoholism or drug addiction Mm. than. Sure. Which, uh, Which element has killed more people? Plutonium or gold? This is just a guess. <laughs> um, the value of one was discovered earlier than the others, so I would go with gold. Is there has there ever been a plutonium rush? No, no, no. no. People killed each other for something that someone said this is valuable. Mm. And it, it isn't. Mm. It's a metal. That's it's a rare metal. Like, uh, yeah, it has no intrinsic value. It conducts no. electricity fairly well, but mm. not so great. <laughs> right. There's lots of other things that do like, it better. Yeah. <laughs> lots of other things. Mm. It's pretty to look at. And if I have a certain amount of it, people will give me respect. Mm. And it's, it's, it's misguided. Mm. But, but, you know, the pursuit of gold itself is not an evil act. Um. It's 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 self preservation, it's self worth, it's 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 misguided uh, loyalty mm. to certain things and ideals. And if you take that analogy of the love of gold and the pursuit of gold and apply it to anything else, including the love and pursuit of God, you have the same result. Mm. Wow. How many people have just been slaughtered in the name of an ideal of what they think God is? God is. And continue to be. And continue yeah. to be. I'm going to say nobody has hijacked the pop culture question. I mean, usually it's just like, yeah, well, right, Santa Clarita no Diet's pretty watching, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Stranger Things, the new season. Sorry, I, like, I really do like, you know, Doctor Strange. <laughs> no, that was excellent. Perfect answer. My turn. I have a a thing I'd like to read. Please. Oh, yes, please. A little poem. Mm -hmm. It's pre-Bell. Okay, pre-Bell. But we were talking about Sandy Hook. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about um, a few words Mm. for the dead. Mm -hmm. This was written uh, just after and about Sandy Hook in general. Is this one of yours? Or should I not have asked? A few words for the dead. Can you make it on your own? Can you take it by the throat? Make your own luck, learn the skills, get in early. You know it carries on. Pick up a weapon, marry it, give it your name, define yourself by it, take it down to the disco. Trigger happy, pulling power, lady killer, take them out. It all follows and all carries on in the language. See the weirdos on the hill? They'll come to get you if you stand still. Somewhere in history you were wronged. Raise your children to bang the drum. It carries on. Tell all your family. Tell all your friends. Teach your brothers how to avenge. It carries on. 
Or you could love. You could love. You could lie down on the flowers in the blue of the air and open your eyes. Why use up your life for anything else? There's no need to fight for what everyone already has. What do you need? It's already there. You could love. So he carried the stars in his pocket. He drank the sunrise until he was drunk. He embraced the angels that swam like little minnows in his blood, ghosts in his eyes, out walking beside him, laughing like children in his mind. And they all chanted his mantra together. Or you could love. Or you could love. Or you could love. I was going to ask about the tattoo. Thank the tattoo you says, or you could love, oh, and it's a feather. Um, yeah. I can't think of a better place to wind down. No, <laughs> yeah. no question in the fifth. Are you ball sure? Are you sure? Absolutely okay. sure. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Thank you. First of all, thank you. Sincere thank you for, for a phenomenal episode. Thank you thank for you. taking the time to chat with us. And we didn't talk about magic. Wow. We did. At, at all, really. <laughs> I mean, we talked about the creations and, and the art of stuff, but. Well, that's, that's like, what are we going to talk about? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't <laughs> know. It's, it's a pretty visual medium. Like, <laughs> I wanted to get. I, we, we hit it. Okay. We totally hit you it. You got I what wanted, you were looking yeah, for. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I kind of wanted to get some insight into. I see your routines and I see. Like, I wanted to know the person that, that, that cooks those. And. A little bit about the process of how you cook them. Can I ask you a question? Um, you just did. <laughs> May I ask you two more? <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> ask. <laughs> you've seen, you said you've seen things on, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. One, what's your favorite and why? And two, what, what did I do specifically that initially spoke to you and said that I was different? Um, can I answer them out of order? Of course. Yay! <laughs> it's um, your show. I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> you can do what you want. I don't rule with an iron fist mm. here. This mm. is an open forum. It was... Um, there, there are... There's a lot of razzle-dazzle in the world of magic, isn't there? Yeah, there's quite a lot, yes. And A lot of sparkly jackets. Yes. And... You perform as if you could walk away at any point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I loved. I, I really love the, the, the not flatline, mm-hmm. not deadpan, because it's full of life and personality. Sure. But it's not like you are, there, there's, there's a 0% chance of flop sweat. Of you just desperately trying to get them back on your side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a confidence in that that I think. Um, and the, the, yeah, that that's what spoke to me. Is, okay. Uh, so the roots of confidence, basically. Just yeah, the, yeah. yeah. The, right. That you were there and you were going to do your trick. The one the one that stood out to me was um, I, it was it was a fair bit ago that I saw. It. I can't list out the specifics, but I believe that there are two people, one on either side of you, and the cards keep really? appearing. In the wrong place. Really? That one? Okay. Well, it was one that I watched several times, and uh, the all I could come up with was their plants, which I knew they weren't. They're not. No, they're no, not. No, of course they're not. Why would they be? Why? <laughs> they, they're, they aren't. That's, wow. That's int- Wow. That's wait, you're very not, interesting. you don't like that one? No, no. I, I love that one. I've tried to cut it out of my act for years now. And I can't. Oh, did I just break your heart by saying I, that that was? I'm, I'm just. If you're trying to get it rid of, trying to. Why that one? 
why not? What, I, I don't know. It was That's... simple. It was understated. And, and I, after watching it a couple of times, the conclusion I came to was their plants and that I was wrong. Yeah, yeah no plants. Of course not. Why would there be? Not. <laughs> wow. You don't need them. You, I don't need them. <laughs> I'm just, that is a, th- oh, man. Why? What, 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 what about that routine is like that? I'm, is it not what you feel most proud of as a magician? Like which one? Should... I'm quite proud of it. <laughs> what about okay. it? Is, it seems like <laughs> eminently disappointing that that was the one that I was like, hey, what? No, no, no. I, uh, I studied briefly under a magician named Johnny Paul. Hmm. And Johnny Paul taught me that routine uh, badly. When he first showed it to me, I went, that's not going to fool anybody. Hmm. That's No. And so I took what he taught me and I changed it. I altered the moment of, of how the thing that makes it work makes it work. Mm. And uh, I debuted as a throwaway piece in comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I need, I need five minutes. <laughs> mm. And I put that up on stage and people went nuts. They went crazy. Uh, that evolved into a slightly different version of itself that was my closing bit uh, for Renaissance festivals. I did Renaissance festivals for a long time. Uh, and I became famous in the in that community for that okay. trick, which mm. they have called the, it's the boob trick. Mm. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to see it now. Mm, mm. <laughs> well, um, and I called it, I call it Roadhouse. Mm. Uh, and, and then I had several mentors say, take that out of your act. It's distasteful. Mm. I'm like, it's, I don't think there's anything distasteful about it. I'm not, yeah, but in this culture, you can't use it. So I took it out and people got mad that I took it out. Mm. So it's back in again. And I, it's a, it's a, it's a nice child. But when I look at, when I look at some of the stuff I have written that I I think is, I go, that one? (laughs) (laughs) that's that's cinderella all right Mm. something something i like about well okay something i hate about community theaters is when they come out into the theater and break the fourth wall Mm. Mm. i love me my fourth wall it's my favorite Uh, wall in the building stay away from me um (laughs) you're an illusion but the 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 something i love about magic is there is like an aggressive violation constantly of the fourth wall mm. that you are you are the, not you specifically but the magician's job is to make sure that the audience never gets complacent that they're yes that they are always and the audience's job is like that job but like there's the underlying tone of uh we're going to bust you yeah we're going to bust you <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's such an antagonistic right. art form yes. Mm. Yes. and i love that um but if i can take that away but the the roadhouse yeah go like there it it becomes like intimacy at that point it's it does. like there's the antagonistic relationship and then there's the a uh, little bit too close for comfort on mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. where the the yep. trick is happening yeah it is and that it's kind of like a, uh that that's what appeals to me about that routine okay and it's hard to find tricks that are that the magician needs to stop treating his audit forgive me mm. the magician needs to stop treating their audience as props they are not props 
you know, living, breathing human beings with feelings and emotions, and you mm. treat them with the respect they deserve. Mm. The magician needs to treat himself with respect. Did it again. <laughs> the magician needs to treat themselves with respect that they are creating magic, and it deserves respect. It, if you can take your audience from I'm going to bust you mm. to I don't care how it's done, it's beautiful, mm. then you've achieved something. And that's the goal I shoot for. Yeah. I entered a high visibility contest, the last contest I ever will enter, mm. um, and spoke with the judges. They, they offered to speak with all the contestants. This was a worldwide thing. Mm-hmm. Offered to speak to all the contestants about what they saw, what they, why they judged the way they judged. Mm-hmm. And I came into the room and the judges said, within five minutes, we all put our clipboards down. We just wanted to watch what you were going to do. We can't judge what you did. Mm. I can accept exactly that. Yeah. And, and that was it. That was done. No more competitions for you. No more competitions. Because yeah. <laughs> it's not a competition. I'm no. Not, I'm not out there for the awards. No. You got your show going. Yeah. <sighs> or you could love. Or you could love. Or you could love. I'm still hung up on that one. I really enjoyed that poem. Thank you. Yeah. If people like... <laughs> now I'm doing it. Since people liked what they heard, <laughs> where can they find you? Self-edit. Oh, themagicartist.com is the main website. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, mm. uh, Magic Artist is, is going to find me. Magic Artist is the Instagram and Twitter, and it's mm. Facebook slash backslash Magic Artist Mm-mm. as me. Mm. Um, you can find me on Amazon and Kindle. And uh, for, if you're looking for the book, just across the table mm-hmm. with Christopher Hannibal. That's my mm-hmm. Legal first name. Mm. Um, What's your illegal first name? <laughs> Chuck. Oh, um, is that true? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I I wasn't sure that he he put the your name in the schedule. Yeah. And I thought, wait, is that his real name? It's my real name. <laughs> uh, and you can find me and and whatever your favorite podcast provider is, mm. Hannibal across the table. We'll we'll find my. Uh, Verbal offerings. YouTube, if you just type in, you've you've found me pretty easily. Hannibal Magic. I've got everything from performance pieces to just personal video diary type Mm, things. And mm, I don't know if you watched any of those or mm. I went by them. You didn't have to bust me on. That's quite all right. That is all right. He loves the magic. That's which is fine. Which is perfectly fine. Yeah. (laughs) I would dive into it. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming on. This You're was, welcome. This was I have a conspiracy so... theory I want to close with. Yeah? Hell yeah. Okay. Right. Ooh, he's going to do it. I, I don't know if it's maybe, maybe talking out my age here. Or Anybody, you remember Happy Days, the Your TV age? show? I'm 54. But this might be oh. talking out of my age. I may be oh, okay. I giving think, a pop thought, culture reference that may fly by everybody. I think you said talking out my age, like my whole no, something no, no, like no, that. No, 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 my I've age. I've never heard that. Okay. Yep, you um, your ears. You familiar with the with the TV show Happy Days? Yes, yes. Okay, yes. that was the Cunningham family, Richie Cunningham, and mm-hmm. and so on and so on. Uh, in the very first season, Richie had an older brother named Chuck, Charles Cunningham, who after the first season disappeared. They wrote him out. They didn't they didn't explain where he went. They didn't kill him off. 
He just wasn't there anymore. <laughs> Happy Days takes place in the late 50s and early 60s. I contend Chuck Cunningham is Charles Manson. Thank you and good night.